welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and today it's all Italian. I wish every day was all Italian, all the time. Am I right, ladies? Ah, I just love it so much, but more on that later. Uh, how is everyone? Happy Friday. I've slowly fallen into releasing episodes on Fridays now, and by that I mean I've done it like the last two weeks, so we'll see what happens. But I like it. I feel like, you know, Jeffrey comes home on Fridays, there's Friday Night Chicken. I feel like it's a good way to wind down the week. Um, I don't know. I think uh, maybe this podcast was always sort of meant to be released on Friday, but who knows? Next week I could release it on Thursday again, but we'll see what I'm feeling. Uh, what else is new? Spring has sprung. The birds are chirping. I actually hope you can't hear the birds because I don't know what was going on, but I had to close a couple windows because the birds were going crazy a few minutes before I started to record. Um, it's Easter weekend. Happy Easter to those who celebrate. Uh, I was trying to think if there was a classic Easter dish that my family makes, but it's pretty much the usual suspects. You know, it's like the ham. It's always ham for Easter. What did my... There was, like, some sort of dessert. Oh, my goodness. It Like, the name... I have to look it up. Like, give me a second here. Okay, so I did a Google search. I didn't really know what I was looking for, but I remember way back in the day... Because my family, we're Russian and, like, Polish, maybe... Definitely Russian, for sure. Um, And there was a... I guess it was served with dinner. It wasn't really a dessert, but it was definitely, like, egg-based. It was custard. It was, like... It was, like, a hard custard it was served cold and there were raisins in it and I hated it and I feel like it was called like babatki or something like that I don't know I tried typing that into google I didn't know how to spell it a couple things came up but I guess it doesn't really matter but if you've ever had if any listener out there has ever had it and knows what that is hit me up it's not I don't want to make it or anything but I just want to know what it's called anyway um Yeah, I will say this. Um, I think the main event for Easter in the Kachanov family is our annual egg cracking contest. And I don't know if I ever, maybe I mentioned it last year, but it's worth mentioning again. So every year, I feel like different cultures do this as well. Because even Keon, who's uh, Lebanese, I think he has like some version of this as well, too. So it's basically, we decorate eggs, of course, as a family. And then, um, you know, especially when I was younger, we would have like 25 people just like, packed like sardines in my grandma's kitchen and after dinner once the table was cleared we would do the egg cracking contest everyone grabs one hard-boiled egg of their choice and then you just kind of like team up uh you know like I, I like either with your spouse or like your sibling so I was always paired up with my brother and then so if my brother was holding his egg I would just do like a quick tap on top and if my side broke and then he gets to um you know retaliate I guess he does a tap and then if he breaks my side my other side of the egg then I'm out and you could still go through the competition with like one crack as long as you have like one strong side and I don't mean to brag but I won the contest four times in my lifetime so I think I know a bit or two I really do think like the, the, the strategy that I always impart upon anyone who wants to win the contest is to find a small egg the smaller the better and something that has like a little point to it. Um, and I I think I chose, 
an egg like that for my brother because my brother has notoriously never won and he has I mean everyone wants to win we also have a trophy as well too which we when you win the trophy you get to keep it for a year obviously and you also get to sign your name on the bottom in the year that you won and get your picture taken for a photo album so it's a big deal and um I really do feel like I'm gonna like I'm gonna compete this year of course but I feel like once you win a certain amount of times you can just like you know, remove your name from the list, so to speak, of of winners. But my brother got so close last year. It was him and Keon. And Keon, God bless him, he really wanted my brother to win. And in like the last round, my brother's egg was cracked and Keon won. And he felt so bad. But I was excited for Keon. It was the first time he ever won. But maybe this is the year for Chris. So everyone send him some positive vibes that he wins. I will report back next week with who wins. Uh, so yeah, that's our little Easter tradition, I guess, which is fun. Um, I guess it's time to get into the episode. This is also a part of season 19. I I love all the new episodes. I haven't watched them all yet, but, um, I decided to do another one from season 19 of Back to Basics. This is episode five and it's called All Italian. So Ina begins. And this is like the same intro as last week. I feel like at the beginning, she's, you know, like she says, I'm Ina Garten and I've been cooking and baking for decades. But here's like the new stuff. So she says, I'm making Italian classics my way. First, I'm making crispy chicken with lemon orzo. It's delicious. Taking a shortcut to incredible shrimp and linguine fra diavolo. And then there's a make-ahead panna cotta with fresh raspberry sauce that's a classic Italian dessert. And I'm creating an Italian cheese board that tastes even better than it looks. Hmm. Buon appetito. <laughs> I thought there was more. Sorry, I got lost on my notes. Uh, that That is the end. So Ina starts. Um, I'm excited for this menu. I'm always excited for Italian food. I think I really do think like it's very hard for me to pick like what my favorite food is. It can be anything on the day. You know, sometimes it's just like it could be like Mexican food. It could be Thai food. It could be Italian. I just love food, but I really do love pasta and Italian food. So here we go. Um uh, so where, what is she making first? I like, my eyes are crossing here looking at my notes. Okay, so she starts in the library of all places. She's not in the kitchen yet. Her collar is like cocked straight up to the heavens. It's stiff, just how I like it. It's And it's also a denim shirt if anyone is, you know, keeping score at home. And she, so then she kind of, no, this is all in the library. She says uh, that she likes when Italians cook al burro, al burro. Uh, which means in butter. And Ina says, and we all know how I feel about butter. Hmm. And then she goes on to introduce her first dish that is inspired by this Italian method, which is crispy chicken with lemon orzo. I love orzo. I think I actually bought some orzo. Yeah, for sure. I definitely bought it probably like three months ago. I was like, I'm going to make something fancy. And then of course didn't but I feel like anytime I I would love like a cold orzo salad with like you know like some sort of tomatoes and feta and cucumber and maybe like some fresh dill like that's that's like a great summer salad to me and I love orzo because it's like rice but it's like noodles it's awesome anyway uh so she starts out with four chicken breasts and she, she says that she took the tender off and I thought maybe she was thinking like the tenderloin. I don't know. But I feel like the tender is just like the bottom of the breast, like just a little bit of that meat 
because um, she she mentions the reason why I took it off is just for the the breast itself to be a little bit more flat so it can cook evenly. And she says, when you take the tender off, you can use it for chicken soup, salad, feed it to the cat. And then she kind of like throws her head back and laughs. She's like, very happy cat. That will be. Hmm. And so then she takes these um, these chicken breasts with the chicken or sorry, with the chicken, with the skin on. Did I mention that? It, it doesn't matter. Uh, she dredges it into some flour that's been seasoned with salt and pepper And then she puts it in a cast iron skillet with canola oil and European butter. I don't know what that means. What is European butter? Is it like Kerrygold? I don't know. She says it has a lower water content and it sears really well. So great. There is, I mean, once you get a closer look at this this skillet too, there's a lot of oil and butter in here. It does sort of eventually, I guess, like evaporate when she puts it into the, the oven, but it just... It's a lot. I mean, I love butter, so I'm not really complaining. It just seemed a little overwhelming. Um, So after she sears it, she puts it in the oven to finish cooking. And while that does its thing, she is going to start or she starts the orzo. So the orzo is two teeples. (laughs) I said tablespoons and teaspoons at the same time. Teeplespoons. She adds two teaspoons of salt to two quarts of boiling water. And then she adds one cup of orzo and returns the water to the to a boil and then simmers it uncovered for 10 minutes. But I think at some point, I think it's like once it is at a boil, then it's reduced to a simmer. I think she left that part out, but that's okay. Uh, and then finally, at this point, the chicken is ready to come out of the oven. It looks great. She puts it back on the stove, the stove top, and flips the breasts over to sear the other side. And then she puts another five tablespoons of butter into the cast iron skillet, European butter, the good butter, uh, with the chicken breasts. And she says, I'm starting to think that this is chicken flavored butter and not butter flavored chicken. Hmm. <laughs> Which made me laugh hard when I was watching that. Um, so the, where am I now? The orzo is done. She drains it and then pours it into a bowl and gets cracking on the dressing so the the dressing starts out with lemon zest and then uh, she adds some freshly squeezed lemon juice to that lots of salt and pepper and she tops it off with olive oil and then some fresh dill and feta on top yes that's like everything i'd ever want honestly i could eat just this i mean throw some cucumbers and tomatoes in there ah heaven um but she is back to the chicken breasts She sprinkles some fresh parsley on top, and then it's time to plate. She grabs, uh, you know, one of her classic Ina white plates. But first she cuts the chicken breast. Uh, She, like, she makes it nice. She, like, cuts up a a chicken breast, like, on the diagonal. And it really is, like, picture perfect. It looks so good. And then she scoops some orzo onto the side of the plates and then adds some uh, butter from the cast iron skillet, which is essentially, she says, it's essentially brown butter. And I will say this, brown butter is everywhere right now. And by everywhere, I mean like TikTok recipes that I see, like in baking, it's always like brown butter cookies, brown butter this, brown butter that. I'm not hating on brown butter. I just feel like it's this, I feel like it's a trend like people, I, obviously pe- brown butter has been around, but now like everyone's getting into it. I don't know what to compare it to. Like what's another food that was like, or like an ingredient that people just went bananas over. I feel like, <laughs> to take a quote from Ina, I feel like when people started going crazy over kale, you know what I mean? And then Ina says, since when did kale, wait, what does she say? 
I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher. She's like, I feel like Kale got a PR agent. All of a sudden, it's everywhere. Something like that. And um, brown butter is the new kale, and I'm here for it. I just uh, I wanted to make that known. Anyway, uh, so next up is pasta with shrimp, um, and spicy red sauce. But then that's like not what it's called though. So it's shrimp and linguine fra diavolo is what it is. And I looked this up because this is there's this is like a journey here. But I I looked it up in my notes. I paused the episode to look up what fra diavolo means, and it means among the devil. But then I looked it up again, and it means between the devil. And because I looked it up on like Google Translate as well too, so I feel pretty confident about that. But Ina has a different translation, which we'll get to in just a second. So Ina takes a shortcut in this one. She's like, the secret is in the sauce. And the secret is that it's store-bought marinara sauce. Um, and I, I don't know why. I know that store-bought is fine, of course. Uh, but I'm a little surprised at this one. I thought she would have really went for it. But, you know, she does say, I know it's store-bought, but I'm going to hot rod it. So you'll never know it's store-bought. I love when she says hot rod. I feel like she doesn't say that often. But when she brings it out, I'm always happy to see it. So she starts off with the linguine, one of my top three favorite favorite pastas. I feel like I've talked about my favorite pastas in the past, but it may be one. It may be number one, to be honest. No, maybe rigatoni is. I love a good rigatoni. Ugh, it's like it reminds me of my grandma making pasta. Like she always made rigatoni, and I do feel that is, it's one of the greater ones because the sauce gets in in the inside. Ugh, perfect. Anyway, um, so the, the linguine is cooking in a different pot. She has some some red onions that have been sauteing for a bit. They're a little they're like translucent at this point. And she drops in some fresh garlic and some crushed red pepper. And then it's time for shrimp. And I'll say this about shrimp. I'm I feel I know it looks better. No, first of all, I love shrimp. Let's just let's just start with that. I feel like when I have a pasta what am I trying to say here? The only time a tail should ever be still intact with a piece of shrimp is for shrimp cocktail. And I know it probably looks crazy in a pasta. Like, obviously, it looks a little bit more elegant. But I I just don't love picking the tail off the shrimp. Like, especially once it's covered in sauce. You got to get your fingers in there. I mean, I will do it, of course. But I feel like in this case, just take the Take the tail off, Ina. I'm not singling out Ina. I just feel like, in general, we don't need the tails. We don't need to get our fingers dirty, especially with pasta, because we're really not looking to get in there anyway, unless you're, like, dipping some bread in the sauce. Ugh. But, um, yeah, that's that's my little... I'll step off my platform right now. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, the... So what? Where was I here? Well, I started talking about shrimp and then I lost my mind. Okay, so she seasons the shrimp with salt and pepper and then puts them into the pot with the red onions and garlic. And while she's stirring the pot, she says that the translation for Fra Diavolo is Brother Diavolo. Oh, wait, maybe she said Brother... <laughs> wait, I think I wrote it down now. Brother Devil is what she said, but... I don't think so because I looked up what it what brother is in Italian and it's fratello. So I don't know why she said that. So I mean, Ina, it's okay. I hope that I'm right, but I'm pretty sure I am. I looked it up just to make sure, but I think brother is out of the question there. Anyway, uh, the shrimp are now pink and Ina adds a third a cup of white wine to deglaze the pan 
And then in a separate skillet, she has some melted butter to which she adds some panko breadcrumbs. She like looked at the camera. She's like, not traditionally Italian, but whatever or something like that. She's like, who cares? Um, so she takes that. She takes it off the heat pretty quickly because the breadcrumbs, she doesn't want to burn them. And she sprinkles some parsley on them, salt and pepper. Um, and now it's time for the store-bought ingredient, which is uh, the I want to like make sure I say this right. Arrabbiata. Arrabbiata sauce, which means it translates to angry in Italian. Um, and Ina tells us not to be tempted by regular marinara sauce. Use the arrabbiata sauce because it has a gutsiness that uh, that lends itself to the dish. And I, I guess I'm on board with that, too, because it is meant to be spicy. Um, so she gives. Uh, so at this point, too, it's like I guess she puts that on the shrimp. So she gives that a big toss with some tongs and then add some pasta water. I think she has added the pasta at this point too. So she adds the pasta water to sort of thicken it up, you know, give it some body. And she serves it up in a big white bowl and dang, it looks so good. I would love this dish. I should make this dish. You know, I say it every week and I never do. I got that orzo down there. I could probably make everything that's in this episode. Um, so she tops it off last but not least, with a little bit of that prank, pranko, <laughs> panko breadcrumb mixture. It's, ugh, it looks so good. This is like everything I'd want in a pasta dish. Minus those tails. Get those tails out of here on those shrimp. Um, so now it's time for some panna cotta with fresh raspberry sauce. And Ina tells us that panna cotta, panna cotta, if you want to be all, <laughs> if you want to be giada about it, I'm sure people are like rolling their eyes at my Italian, but I gotta, I gotta cotta, panna cotta that is, uh, which is, so it basically means cooked cream. Did I say that already? I don't know. Uh, which is the first ingredient, which is uh, one and a half cream, one and a half creams, one and a half cups of cream to be exact. And then she adds whole milk yogurt to that. I thought I just thought that was like an interesting ingredient. And then she adds two teaspoons of good vanilla. And then she adds the seeds of a vanilla bean because why not amp it up? And next, Ina shows us like a saucepan that has like a pre-made cream concoction in it, which consists of uh, one and a half cups of cream and three quarters of a cup of sugar. And it's still kind of hot. It's you could see the steam coming off of that. And to add to that, she adds some softened gelatin, which of course sort of gives the panna cotta, the, you know, the body and to you know to gel it up. What am I trying to say? You all know what I'm trying to say. It makes it into that pudding sort of texture, I guess. Uh, so next, she adds um, the hot mixture with that gelatin to the creamy mixture, the creamy vanilla mixture, and then she adds a splash of Grand Marnier, which I think is perfect. Again, if it's a vanilla flavored thing, I like a good citrus touch. But if this is like a chocolate pudding and then she added Grand Marnier, no thank you. Um, so she pours the mixture into... Uh, I lost myself in my notes here. She pours the mixture... Oh, from... <laughs> I don't know what autocorrect happened here, but um, <laughs> she... I. It said, like, it ought to correct it to brown bowl, but it's not a brown bowl. Anyway, uh, so she pours it from the big bowl into that big-ass Pyrex measuring cup that I love. Um, and then she pours the panna cotta mixture into the six glasses and puts them in the fridge to chill. 
And But she has some already pre-made, of course. And she tops it off with some fresh raspberry sauce, which she made earlier, which is essentially, I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory. The, the, she adds some fresh raspberry, sugar, and water into a saucepan, kind of boils that down. And then she puts it into a food processor along with some raspberry jam and a raspberry liqueur, which, great. I'm all about that. And then she adds uh, that on top of the panna cotta and then sprinkles a just like a few raspberries on top of that. It looks so good. She says, if you make it for your friends, they'll love you. I'm surprised she didn't say they'll go crazy. But anyway, last but not least, it is time for a cheese board. I mean, who doesn't love a cheese board? So she is off to the garden to get some fig leaves for her platter. She's like griping about this fig tree in the back. She's like, I've had this fig tree since for like 16 years and I've only gotten two figs from it. Hmm. I hope I get more this year. Uh, So she snips off six leaves and heads back to the barn to arrange the board. So she starts by laying out the fig leaves. And not all these cheeses are my favorite. Actually, only one of them. So she starts off with gorgonzola. I mean, blue cheese. No, thank you. Uh, And then she she also has some truffled pecorino, which, oh my gosh. I mean, yes, please. It probably costs like $50 for like that small block, but, you know, worth it. And then she adds some taleggio, taleggio, which looks like, it looks like a brie. Um, if is and, and she's what did she say? She's like, it all depends on how long it's aged. If it's not aged that long, uh, she's like, it kind of looks like this. But if it's aged a little longer, it kind of tastes like gym socks. Hmm, not really what I want. <laughs> so, uh, but it looks great. It's like creamy and delish. And the last cheese she adds is a smoked mozzarella, which looks great. It's like a firm. I don't think I've ever had a smoked mozzarella. It almost looked like a smoked Gouda. It just like had that like nice brown color, but it was also a little bit firm, more firm than like a regular mozzarella. So I'm into it. Uh, she drizzles a little olive oil on top of the smoked mozzarella and puts some cracked pepper on top. I don't really love pepper on things, but I I think I'd eat it. And then she fills in the blank spots on the cheese board with some uh, some green grapes, some fig jam, and some crostini, which are Italian breadsticks, and some cherries. It looks so good. She reminds us to put everything in big blocks, like big groups, she says, and not to scatter them around willy-nilly because it will end up looking like a dog's breakfast. <laughs> we got a dog's breakfast quote in here. I love it. Um... And then what else? Lastly, she adds some caramelized walnuts and a few crackers. It looks so good. I am not good at making a cheese plate um, or cheese board, rather. Usually I leave that to Keon. He's a little bit more artistically inclined. But I think, I don't know, it's like you can't go wrong with these tips either, too. But uh, maybe I'll take it into consideration the next time I, I make a cheese board. Uh, so Ina says... What is she? This is like a weird ending. Let's get into it. So she says, and that's an Italian cheese board. Five minutes, no cooking at all, and it's the best Italian comfort food. But I feel like the episode got cut off here. I mean, I kind of, like the cadence towards the end of that sentence made it feel more final than what was actually given. It was like five minutes, no cooking at all, and it's the best Italian comfort food. Like, I felt like she was going to say something else because usually the episodes are... I don't know, they're like 21, 22 minutes, and this one was 20 minutes and 57 seconds, which isn't like that big of a difference. But I just feel, 
I don't know. Discovery Plus is depriving us of our much-needed Barefoot Contessa outros. You know, that's what we live for here. I should have just, like, wrote one by myself. What would Ina say? She'd be like, five minutes, no cooking at all, and it's the best Italian comfort food. Buon appetito, <laughs> bitches. I don't know. I don't know what she would say, but I, I was hoping for something a little bit more with a little bit more pizzazz, but, you know, that's what we were given. So I'm hoping... If I do another episode from this season, I'll, I'll monitor that. And, you know, maybe we need to start a campaign and let Discovery Plus play the full episode because we need that outro. Anyway, speaking of outros, thank you again for listening, everyone. That's all I have this week. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can find it on Instagram at goodvanillapod. And you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. And I've also made a group for The Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to find. Just search The Good Vanilla. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. I just got a new review this week from Jen, a friend of mine from Pittsburgh. Hello, Jen. Thank you for listening. If you cannot leave a review or don't know how to do it, just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic. That also works, too. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kachanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Stay safe, happy Easter, and I'll see you next time.